Hello, welcome. You're listening to Feed, Play, Love, a bite-sized parenting podcast, a place you can find advice, understanding and support as you care for your small humans. I'm Siobhan Hunt. When I decided to try and have a baby, I was in my early 30s. I was aware that the clock was ticking. And while many of us probably had versions of the ticking clock, care of well-meaning friends and family, there remains a persistent myth about fertility. That is, if you're over 40, you can still have a baby, which of course, in some cases, you can, but it is by no means an easy road. Dr. Karen Hammerberg is a Senior Research Fellow at the School of Public Health and Preventative Medicine at Monash University. She's also a registered nurse who has 20 years experience working in the field of IVF. Hi, Karen. How are you? Hi, Siobhan. Do you think there's a a myth around fertility? I think there's quite a few myths around fertility. Uh, The biggest one being just what you mentioned, that um, you can kind of turn it on whenever you like. And I think partly that's because in in school and, and other education, we focus on how to avoid pregnancy. And I think there is an idea that you use contraception to turn your fertility off, and then when you need it, you turn it on. So I think there is an underestimation of how much age, in particular the woman's age, but also the man's age, affect the chance of of having a healthy baby. Do you think media plays a role in this as well? Yeah, this is one of my pet topics. But I, I every time I see a, a famous celebrity uh, looking slim, disgustingly slim, after just having had a baby in her 40s, of course, and sometimes in her 50s, I, I just wonder what kind of impression does this give people? And I do think that there is a there is the idea that if they can do it, I can do it. But of course, in many cases of celebrities having babies late in life, they have used donor eggs and eggs from a younger woman. And sometimes they might have even used a surrogate to carry the baby. So I think the circumstances of um, of the glamorous celebrities' babies are not always disclosed. And and that can give a false impression, I think, about what's possible. And, of course, it goes beyond images, doesn't it? Because I'm sure I've heard interviews with women in that age bracket who are are well-known, who are celebrities, who are like, you know, "This this was hard, but I did it, and you can do it too. Like almost a very unscientific study of one that if, that if yes. I can do it you can do it and of course you hear that from someone who has similar hopes and aspirations for children that you do and all of a sudden you're exactly the same person exactly and I, I I think we need to remind ourselves that we will always hear about the success story so we we all know people who have had babies uh, late in life and and we hold them up as proof that this works but we never think about everyone who tries to have a baby for whom it doesn't work because that's a really silent suffering that uh, is not splashed in the in the women's magazines or anywhere else it's, it's really just a fact of life that more women in later life struggle to conceive and, and, and don't achieve the, the baby that they really wanted than the number of women who actually do succeed. But we hear much more about those who actually get the dream baby. I wonder how much exposure you've had to women in that situation. I definitely have friends who have wanted babies, who still want babies, who are over 40. And it's this really, it's a really 
almost insatiable uh, longing to have a child that I don't know many people can understand. Have you been witness to that and, and do you have some empathy for it? I have seen that far too many times and uh, it, it, it's a terribly sad situation. And sometimes it's because of circumstances. A woman hasn't had a partner in life that's been willing to kind of become the, the, the father in the relationship. And I think for me, sometimes um, th that is actually the problem, that the male partner is hesitant and uh, isn't ready. And the idea of, of ever being ready for having having a baby or, or, or changing your life completely by having a baby, there's just no such thing of, of as being ready. So I think if you wait for that, you'll, you'll probably miss the boat. But there's also women who don't have a partner at all or, or women who, through other circumstances, have, have kind of been left in a situation where they have to start trying for a baby later in life. And, and the disappointment and the heartache is, is really quite um, painful to see. And of course, a lot of the women will then turn to IVF treatment. And unfortunately, IVF treatment is, is not really very successful when it comes to uh, age-related infertility. So, so it kind of compounds the disappointment that you might spend a lot of money and time and, and, and emotional energy on, on a lot of treatment that actually doesn't take you anywhere. So th there's a lot of um, potential sadness and potential heartache uh, out there. You mentioned that many of those women who are able to fall pregnant or at least to carry a baby to term after 40 have often um, had fertility treatments or, or used eggs or surrogates. How successful when those means are applied is a pregnancy in a woman over 40? If a woman over 40 uses eggs from, from a woman who is in her you know, early 30s, she basically has the same chance of achieving a pregnancy with IVF as a younger woman would have had. So we did a study which showed that women who use their own eggs had about a 10% chance of, of having a baby. These were women over 40, but if they were using donor eggs, they had about a 30% chance of having a baby. So it's a huge difference. So if there is an idea that I want to try IVF, I am over 40, it, it's important to consider the option of perhaps using donor eggs just to improve the chance of, of success. But the pregnancy itself is, of course, you know, most, most pregnancies end well, but there are more pregnancy complications as, as a woman ages because there are more chronic conditions. Women have, um, you know, could have high blood pressure or there's all sorts of other conditions that might affect the health of the pregnancy. And they're more common as we get older. So the, the pregnancy health and the outcomes of the pregnancies are slightly worse the, the older a woman gets. And in that time that you were working in this space, I'm wondering how many of the women over 40 are trying to have babies on their own? Because you mentioned a lot of factors there that don't always fall into place for women. And it might not be until you're in your 40s that you realise, well, actually, if I want to have a, a family, if I want to have a child, the only way I'm going to get that is if I do it on my own. So I know there are more women having babies on their own now. I'm just wondering if they seem to fall in that older age bracket. You know, I, I actually, my impression is that women who make the decision to have their babies on their own, they're often a bit younger than, uh, you know, more like mid to late 30s, because I think they have come to realisation quite 
relatively early in life anyway, that if this is going to happen, I have to do it now. I think it's worse for the women who who kind of think that maybe I will meet someone and, and the years just tick by. And then suddenly uh, you reach a point when when it is really difficult to achieve a pregnancy. But the, the increasing number of women who somehow take this relatively new option, I would say, to actually go it alone uh, has, has quite made an impression on me because I, I, I think that they have they've calculated what the chance is and if they really really want a child the best option is actually to have it sooner rather than later and if they're able to through support and financial circumstances and so forth to actually have it on their own they find that this becomes a solution which really wasn't available some 10-15 years ago. I know that one of the reasons I waited to have my babies until I did were due to financial concerns um, understanding that uh, between my partner and I, it was probably me that would be taking more time off, that taking that time off would have an impact on my career, my earning capacity, all those things. How much do you think that has to play on a woman's decision to delay having babies? I, I actually think it has got quite quite a considerable impact on, on these decisions. And, and partly that's because we haven't really created an environment where we, we make it easy for women to have children when they're younger. And this is one of my pet topics too. I think the, the social structure around families and, and having children is really not very conducive for, for women to achieve all the life goals that, that most women want. They want to work, they want to earn money, they want to have a good education. But if you're going to try and fit having babies into all that, inevitably that that becomes kind of later and later in life. And I think it, it would be most helpful if government policies could be structured a bit differently so that, you know, there was a, a more equal sharing of, of the, the kind of time that mothers and fathers could spend with their babies in the first year. There's a lot of good examples from the Scandinavian countries where mostly the first year of caring for a, for a new baby is shared between the two partners. And then it means that the woman doesn't kind of set back in her career more than the man. And I think from an equality point of view, that's really important. And I also think that parental leave payments need to be much more generous because, as you say, if you have a mortgage and if you suddenly drop down to one salary from, from two and you feel you can't service that mortgage, you might actually just from that point of view delay having children. And, and it's not really helpful for, for society or for, for the kind of uh, – population or, or the fertility rate, which is something that population researchers are quite concerned with because we are having fewer babies and that means that there's fewer people in the future to look after old people. So population-wise, I think even, even policymakers understand that it's important that, that women have children and that should they should really make it easier for them. Do you have any other ideas on how we might make it easier for women to have babies in their most fertile years? The, the social structure is really important, but I also think there is a degree of um, maybe limited understanding of the impact, impact specifically of age on, on fertility. So I am always advocating for you know, women to become very well informed and not, not only women, but also men. I think everyone needs to understand that fertility is a, a limited resource. It doesn't last forever. And if it's a strong priority in life to have children and, and to have more than one child, because I know a lot of people uh, start late, they can have one child, but, but they struggle to get number two. And, and that can be equally 
traumatizing, I think, if, if you really wanted two kids and you struggled to have a second. So everyone needs to be much more tuned into biology and understanding that there's a limit to how long you can hope to become a parent. And uh, then perhaps, if, if possible, reprioritize the, the, the timing of it so that you optimize the chance of, of having the number of children you, you would really like to have. Karen, thank you so much for your time today. It's a pleasure. Thank you. That's Dr. Karen Hammenberg. She's a senior research fellow at Monash University. I'm Siobhan Hunt. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please rate and review us so we can reach and help even more parents. And if you have a topic you'd like me to cover, send your email to feedplaylove at theparentbrand.com.au. See you next time.